As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing, church? Well, I may have met my nemesis this week, my Waterloo. Can you read that? Jeff's Donuts. They put a Jeff's Donuts over in Springhurst, where I live. So uh, this, is my, this may be my Waterloo. So pray that I will not succumb to temptation. You can only put four donuts in that box. That's how big they are. So uh, keep me in your prayers. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about the peace and joy that comes when you increase your trust in Jesus. Oh, I love that old gospel song, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." You know, that's and how true that is. "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus," particularly when the storms of life are raging. Uh, you have any storms brewing in your life today? Anything going on, or is it pretty hunky-dory? Uh, I bet it's. I bet there's quite a few challenges out there. If not, you know somebody that is. So I want to offer you some words of encouragement today and how you can trust Jesus in the midst of the storms of life. So what I want us to do, the gospel story is a wonderful story. I want us to meet up with Jesus and the apostles at, it's called the Sea of Galilee, or it's also another word is Lake Genesaret, the same place, but just called different places, and see what we can learn in order to calm us down in the midst of storms, to calm us, to uh, give us a sense of trusting in Jesus. The first thing that we see in the story is that Jesus tests their trust in him. Did you know that? There are a lot of examples in the scripture where it specifically said Jesus tests you. You ever thought about that? God tests you? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, why would he test you? Is it to give you a grade? You're going to pass, fail, A, B, C, D, or F, or whatever it is. Do they have E nowadays? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's, but that's not the issue. This used to grow in trust, to trust him. And boy, he's setting them up. I mean, he's setting them up. At this point, he was, uh, his home base was Capernaum. He had left where Mary and Joseph lived, and he was on the main drag of the highway going through Israel where he could meet people and talk to people. And he was surrounded by a beautiful lake called Lake Gennesaret. And around that lake was all kinds of different towns and villages. You know, that's what you do when there's a lake. You build a town around it so that you can enjoy it. And uh, it wasn't unusual at all for Jesus to say to his disciples, let's get in the boat, boys, and go over to Bethsaida. We'll go to Bethsaida. Let's see what's happening over there. And that's what happens. Uh, he says, I want you to get in the boat, and we're going to go to Bethsaida. But this time, I'm not going to go. I'm going I'm to catch up with you. I got to, you know, he, he just fed 5,000 people with a couple of loaves and sardines. You ever seen anybody do that? Oh, man, boy. Uh, what, a, what a test of trusting in God. And now he's going to test them. What did you learn out of that? You're going to trust me or you're not going to trust me? So he says, I'm not going to be in the boat. Now, before there's another story where the, uh, a great storm. See, it wasn't unusual at all for storms to come up on, on the Sea of Galilee. They would just automatically, really quickly, boom, there they are. And you're out in the middle of the lake and it's, oh my God. You know, one thing my dad taught me when it's storming and lightning and all that, don't be in the water. It's not a good place to be. You know, you want to get out of the water. And, uh, but sometimes you can't, you can't do that. And this, this is the second time this has happened to him. But this time, Jesus isn't in the boat with him. First time he was in the boat with him. What was he doing? Sleeping, of all things. 
and there's a storm raging all around them, and they felt like they were about to die. This time, I'm not going to be with you. What's he teaching them? What's he going to teach them? You can trust me even when I'm not with you physically. That's why he's teaching them. Uh, that's sort of like us, isn't it? Other than the Eucharist, now that's the physical presence of Jesus, but that's the only physical presence of Jesus that we have in this world, in this life. So we're sort of in that boat, sort of where, you know, where we have to trust him without physically being with him. And that's a little harder, isn't it? Uh, you ever heard of that guy named Thomas? You know, uh, he wanted to see Jesus. You know, he said, I'm not going to believe until I touch his wounds. I got to see him first. Jesus said, you know, that's not a good way to be. Trust me. Just have faith in me. So he's going to teach them to trust in him no matter what it is. The second thing we see in the story is that fear sets in. Well, it was early evening, we're told, when they got in the boat. It's still daylight. Now the story picks up. It's like 3 or 4 in the morning, fourth watch of the night. They've been out on that, on that lake for about eight hours trying to save their lives. That's how bad it was. I mean, it was only six miles to get from the longest point to the other point where Bethsaida was. It wasn't a matter of distance. It was a matter of wind and storm and all those kinds of things. And the boat's just tossing them back and forth, back and forth, and they don't know what to do. Oh, that's a challenge, particularly when you realize that there were some professional fishermen in that boat, like Peter and John. They'd fished in this lake many a day. They knew what it was like for a storm to come up. They couldn't figure this one out. They didn't know what to do. So what do you do? What do you do when you lose hope? You become afraid. That's what you do. When you lose your sense of hope and trust in situations or reality, or most importantly, Jesus, you begin to get afraid because something's going to happen, and that's what they, they do. All hope is lost. We're going to die. There's nothing we can do. Where's Jesus? Where is he? Where is, well, where was Jesus? He's back on the mountain over there praying. That's what he's doing. And he could see him. You know, he was way up on the mountain. He could see him. Uh, you know, but where is he? Well, he's up on the mountain. And what they do is they cry out, Jesus, Jesus, come and save us. Where are you? We need you. Like you did before. Well, was Jesus just ignoring them, or did he, did he, uh, he knew who, where they were, and he's going he's to teach them that they can trust him? And that brings third point. Jesus walks towards them, trampling over their fears. You know, they look out, and they see Jesus walking towards them, walking on the water. Okay? But that's not, uh, that's not the important thing that the, the two writers of this story emphasize. Not that he's walking on water. I mean, I can walk on water. Can you walk on water? I can. When I was a little boy in the creek, I could walk on water, even though it was only that deep. You know, I, maybe I was walking on rock instead of water. But uh, this was deep. <laughs> you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that deep. It was deep. We know that, but... Because when, G when Peter goes out to see him, he begins to sink in the water. It's deep. But it, they see Jesus coming, and uh, Jesus is dominating the water. He dominates that which is causing them anxiety and fear. That's important to remember in your life. When you're going through the storms of life, remember that Jesus dominates your problems. 
There's nothing greater than Jesus. I've never found anything greater than Jesus. I really haven't. Well, what do we have to do? Trust him. We've got to put our faith and trust in him. And when we do, the, the one that can dominate everything, we find peace and we find calm. Um, you know, so when you're afraid, visualize Jesus totally dominating your problem. When you want to do that right now, not do that. Fourth thing we see is that Peter steps on faith, out on faith. Now, we're, we're fortunate, this, the reading we had today doesn't say this, but Mark's account does. And it's very important. Uh, Jesus is walking. They see him coming towards them. But when he gets towards the boat, he just keeps walking. He's walking to Bethsaida. Isn't that what he told them he was going to do? He wasn't worried about him and the boat. He wasn't getting in the boat with them. He was going to Bethsaida. He wasn't afraid. Why? Because he was, he was with them. You know, they're over there screaming and hollering, Jesus, do you see it? Jesus, Jesus, he's just walking on, walking on to Bethsaida. I think that's so interesting. Uh, he knew they were okay. They were in the hands of God, just like we are when we are, when we're, when the troubles of life hit us as well. But Peter sees that he's going to pass him up. So what does he do? You know, Peter was the spontaneous apostle, you might call it. What does, uh, what does Peter do? He says, Lord, let me come out with you. I want to go with you. He's pretty smart, isn't he? I want to go with you. I want to walk with you. I don't want to stay in this boat. But to do that, you have to walk on water. Woo. He didn't care. He believed that he could do it if Jesus said he could. See, he's learning to trust in Jesus. And this is really important. Jesus is testing them. He's teaching them to trust him because later on, they're going to really have some ultimate storms in their lives. Jesus is not going to be with them. And how are they going to fare? Are they going to trust him? Like Peter, when he died the, the martyr's death. Well, let me come out to you. See, there comes a point in your life where you trust so God, God so much. It's, this is what the saints call it. It's called reckless abandonment. <laughs> you ever think of yourself as a reckless person? Well, probably not. I'm not a reckless person, but in your faith you need to be recklessly just opening yourself, abandoning yourself to God. Reckless abandonment. See, if I can only get to him, Peter's thinking, I can weather the storm. I can do that. And that's what Jesus wanted him to what he wanted to hear from his disciples, because they needed to know that. So do you have a situation in your life where you need to step out in the water? in reckless abandonment towards Jesus. Well, what's stopping you? Do it. He's inviting you to do it. Come on out. Final thing is that Jesus rescues Peter. What does Jesus say to him? He said, okay, come on out, Peter. Peter jumps out of the boat. And he's walking on water, you know? And it's really interesting. But the storm's still raging. Nothing's, nothing's gone away. Storm's still raging. What does he do when he's walking on the wall? What would you be doing? I know what I'd be doing. I'd be focused on Jesus. I wouldn't be looking to the left. I wouldn't be looking to the right. I'd be looking at him because that's where I'm trying to get. See, as long as you keep your focus on Jesus when you go through the problems of this world, you'll get there. You'll get to him. But what we oftentimes do is we look this way. We look that way. 
and what happens. Well, what happened here? It says the wind got really strong and the waves were breaking over them. And what does Peter do? He gets his focus off of Jesus. He gets his focus on his problems. And he begins to sink. That's what you do, isn't it? When you get your focus off of Jesus, he begins to go under the water. But Peter was smart. He knew Jesus could still save him. What does he do? He said, Jesus, save me. That's what he does, doesn't he? What does Jesus do? He said, no, I'm not going to do that. You go ahead and drown. You didn't trust me. No, what does he do? He reaches down and he pulls him up out of the water. Doesn't he? <laughs> Man. And what does he say to him? He says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Isn't that what he says? How many times did Jesus say that? In those moments of anxiety in their lives. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. See, Jesus was teaching them. Because one of the interesting things that we see after he does this is that the storm calms down, they calm down. And when they calm down, they begin to bow down and pay him homage and say, truly, you are the son of God. See, they were learning to trust. They were trusting more deeply in Jesus. And that was important. Hey, listen, let me tell you this if you ain't figured it out. The older you get, the more you realize you're not immortal. You're not going to live forever. Everything's not going to work. You're going to die, and all these things are going to happen to you. You need to be ready. So when those moments come, you can trust more faithfully in him. So he's going to test you. Uh, this story reminds me of my dog, Toby. You know, I got a dog, Toby. He's a beautiful golden retriever. Um, it's very interesting situ situation. Um, Toby was somebody, there was sometimes when there's storms, you ever, if you got a dog, you probably relate to this. When there's a big storm, there's thunder, there's lightning, uh, there's wind, there's all that. They sort of start barking, don't they? Toby, when it's like that, he'll start pacing. Boom, boom, boom. And then after a while, he'll say, oh, I'm going to scare him off. You know, he's a big dog. And he'll hair raise on his back. He'll start growling. Oh, don't mess with him. Even though he wouldn't hurt a flea. <laughs> if you came at him, he wouldn't hurt a flea. But, uh, you know, he's afraid. He's afraid. So what does he do? Well, he needs to trust somebody. But it's interesting. When I walk in the room and I sit down calmly and I say, Toby, come over here and sit down. He just flops down. And he relaxes. He's calm. You know, why is that? Well, I'm in the room with him. And I pet him and I say, Toby, there's nothing to be afraid of. I'm here with you. Dog just turns into a different dog. See, here's what I did as a little, when he was a little puppy, because I was training him to be a therapy dog. Uh, what he, when he was a little puppy, what I'd do is when I was running the sweeper, I'd run the sweeper around him. You know, dogs don't like sweepers. Never bothered him. Why? Well, I was calm about it. Toby, you can trust me. Or another thing that you do, because you may get into a hospital and, and somebody drop a pan or something, you beat pans around them. Is it like nothing's going on? It's all good. Well, what, he, what's he, what are you doing? You're, you're preparing him for the real thing. You're preparing him for the big issues, like the storm, like being in a hospital. And what he can do, see, he knows when he's in that situation, what can he do? He can trust dad. 
He can trust Dad. Yeah, I've got some furry, furry children in my family. He can trust Dad, and that's what he does. Don't be afraid, Toby. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I'm with you. God bless you. I love you.